I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. I remember when we were in school, we had every year a certain clergyman came to visit us. And he had beetling eyebrows and was a very fierce kind of personality. And he always talked on the subject of drink, gambling, and immorality. (laughs) And he he rolled it round his tongue just like that. So immorality, you know, it meant sex. And uh, so, but you see the duplicity of this. By making sex the naughtiest thing imaginable, it's made it terribly interesting. So this poses to anybody who becomes aware of this, this poses to everybody who's gone through psychoanalysis or uh, anything like that. The question that St. Paul raises in the Epistle to the Romans. St. Paul explains that were it not for the law, he would never have known what sin was. Welcome back to the Lime Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to have my friend, Miss Jaya, on the show. Um, you guys are familiar with her because it is her second round on the podcast. Uh, but if you are not, she is a sexologist, sexological body worker, tantra teacher, best-selling author, uh, overall badass. And I am super, super grateful to have her on the show and call her a friend and uh, all those things. In this conversation, we got into some pretty interesting uh, taboo subjects, got into uh, awakening the anus, (laughs) we got into strengthening the vagina, we got into her history with sexuality, what brought her to where she's at today, got into the inside and outside, no pun intended, of um, our sexuality and how how we can really cultivate that. One of my mentors, Joseph Kramer, has said, if I could just massage one area of the body to produce the most relaxation and the most letting go and unwinding, I would massage the anus for five minutes. Thank you so much for visiting the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you will find hundreds of videos on self-care and functional movement. You can pick up the self-care kit and uh, yeah, all sorts of fun stuff on there. I got a quote. Quote for y'all today comes from Mr. Moshe Feldenkrais out of his book Embodied Wisdom. And it goes like this. It's not a quote, it's a paragraph, rather. Uh, A poet measures not only the meaning of his words, but also their length, sounds, and interrelations until their grouping precisely translates his feelings and thoughts. He's doing this with words, exactly the same thing we were doing with our heel a moment ago. And the heel references uh, exercise thing he was talking about previously. He, as well, widens and clarifies what he is doing, thus making his self-image more precise and more aware in his particular domain. So, concept is uh, our movement is allegory to our eloquence with language. So, as a poet is is crafting the way that he speaks, picking the, the perfect word to describe the way he's feeling, we can do the same thing with the way that we move, with our gait patterning, the way they sit, the way that we stand. We can be more creative and expressive as we move throughout the world. It's uh, just a matter of practice. You don't just wake up one day and become Edgar Alan Poe, the same way you don't wake up one day and become, you know, a world-class movement specialist of sorts. So I would like us to start exploring our movement in uh, a little bit more abstract details and really get into what is the best movement decision 100% of the time. As I'm sitting, as I'm standing, as I'm chopping my carrots, as I'm filling out my name on a receipt in the mall, whatever. Uh, what is the positioning of our body? Is there a better or worse way that we can do it? Come on, people, we can do it. Uh, 
What else do we have? Thank you so much for Audible for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, if you can uh, jump on to audibletrial.com slash align. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash align. Uh, on there, you get a free audio book. They got like a bajillion different copies to choose from and the quality is impeccable and it's completely free, no strings attached, just cancel a thing, get a free audio book, you get to keep it forever. Literally, that's it. You just get a free audio book. That's all. And then we get kicked down some, some scratch as well. So everybody wins on that one. Um, thank you so much for utilizing the Amazon affiliate link. I'm seeing people are buying the most ridiculous stuff I can imagine. So the listeners of this podcast, the community around this podcast, some of the coolest people that that uh, I can think of considering the purchases. Everything from dominatrix gear to weightlifting gear to books on philosophy and nutrition and such. So the community that's growing around this is rad and I appreciate it. Um, I think we might be, that might be close to, close to what we got. Um, thanks for reviews and all that stuff. And the last final thing, go ahead and check out eroticbreakthrough.com slash align. And on there, you get to take the free quiz, no strings attached, nothing. You just get to learn more about your own sexuality. I find it to be a radical tool. I found out that I am a sexual energetic, which is uh, rings fairly true to me. Uh, I think it would be a worthwhile thing for you, your partner, partners, partners, whatever you're into, um, to check out to see if we can create a little bit more language around uh, our sexuality. Make this world a more pleasurable place. We can do it, people. Thank you so much. All right, that is eroticbreakthrough.com slash align, eroticbreakthrough.com slash align. Again, all the links to the Audible stuff and to the Amazon affiliate, that is all on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and podcast page on the website. All right, people. Thank you so much. Here we go. Back to the show with Miss Jaya. Align Podcast. So, uh, thanks so much. You're welcome. For the time. Appreciate it. So we're, we're, we are here in the in the pleasure dome. <laughs> yes, we are. So in what the is pleasure this? Dome. So we're like, can we like paint a picture a little bit of of what this is exactly? Sure. So we're in my office, and my office is a very unique office. So my office has a bed in it, a king size bed, and a massage table in it, and some sex furniture in it. Which and we're sitting on the bed right now. We are sitting on the bed. Nice, we are nice doing bed. in bed with Jaya at this mm, moment. This is great. And uh, we have, I have a bunch of erotic toys over there in the corner. I can see that. And then the windows are big eight foot windows. So we have two walls of just windows looking out over the Santa Monica Mountains and actually downtown LA. So we can see downtown LA today. Look at that. Yeah. It's like a little pimple on the landscape. <laughs> it is. Craziness. It is. Can you take us through some of the, uh, the tools? Sure. Now I'm going to run the over belt. there. Now I have to like get the box, get the box of things. These are all my floggers. Very nice. These are all my floggers, and they're made of different materials. Oops, some rope got in there. Mm. I just did a flogging thing. Mm. We can just get through my box. Yeah, we, we should. We should explore Jaya's box. <laughs> We're exploring <Perfect>. my box. <laughs> In, erotic exploration is really uh, important. So uh, I have furry things. Mm. I want to find out what you like. I know we're we're like? gonna we're gonna explore that. Do you like furry things? This this is wicked though because it has buckshots on the bottom of it. Mm. So if you hit someone, they feel the fur, but then there's little, like a little nice snap. little like snap in it. Cool. And then this one I really like. These are my favorites. That reminds me of the Renaissance Fair. Minus. Look, there's even like a dragon eyeball on exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> That's kind of like Lord of the Rings meets I love Sense these. Meets so I used to spin fire a lot. And uh, what I love about doing floggers is that it's very similar to spinning fire. Yeah, Where you absolutely. can do the same moves. So you'd probably be a natural at it because you do those similar yeah, things. Yeah, you do it. So floggers are like circus arts to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I even have a pair that have handles, like poi. Nice. Isn't that amazing how if you practice, I mean, that's like relative to everything, but especially the practice of dancing, like fire dancing, poi and such, mm -hmm. it translates into flogging and... <laughs> Look, I can translate anything into sex. I was at my dentist and my dentist, I try to do this thing with where I go to the dentist and I don't use any pain medication. So no matter what they're Sweet. doing, I'm like, okay, orgasmic time. I'm just going to translate any pain into orgasmic sensation. Cool. 
And uh, my dentist was showing me pictures of the back of my throat. And I was like, oh, it looks like genitals. And then I said, you have to excuse me because everywhere I go, I put something through a sex filter and it becomes something sexual. Even if it's a household item. I'm sure I have some household items in my bag. Oh, here's a little wheel here. You want to try this one? Okay, so I have a spiky <laughs> wheel that I'm running along his arm. Mm. To That's see nice. if he likes it. Do you like that? I do like that, in fact. Okay. Yeah. I told you last time that I'm like, I like, I just like, like, out in the woods, good old, good old fashioned sexuality, uh-huh. but I like the spiky thing. <laughs> Apparently. So we, we could translate this right outside. See my tree out there? Yeah. It's a sycamore that has those spiky balls. Mm. So you could pull spiky balls off of the tree. That would be use them my nature boy. My nature boy. Yeah, that would be very on brand of me. It's really interesting that you were a nature boy because when I was a little girl, I nature was like my sanctuary. It was the place that allowed me to get through a lot of the trauma in my history. Right. And I would go out and I would sit under trees and I would like love trees and talk to the trees and I lived in nature. I I, I have like such an affinity. Like every time somebody cuts down a tree sometimes I cry because (laughs) I had such an affinity to nature as like the place that saved me and if I could have a superpower other than awesome orgasms it would be that I could turn all the bad guys into trees yeah what was the can you talk about the 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 trauma yeah stuff yeah what's that all about uh when I was little I grew up in a household my father was an alcoholic and I grew up in a household where as a child, you have needs, and those needs aren't met when you have parents who are absent. Yeah. So my father was fairly abusive verbally as well as he, he, his verbal word is such an interesting thing. He used the word princess a lot, like in a very derogatory fashion. So I developed very masculine when I was younger. He called you a princess? Yes, because yeah. I did not want to be a feminine princess because that was such a derogatory word in my household of being hit and called a princess or being you know like that was just such a like that was the bad word um and so there was a lot of physical abuse there was the verbal mental emotional abuse and there's a lot of stuff that's been blocked that I've been kind of uncovering because it wasn't just on my father's side. There were a lot of bullies in my family. And I was like the sweet, feminine, young girl, very sensitive. And so I often was the peacekeeper, but also the one who took the brunt of a lot of that kind of energy. Mm. And it's interesting, you know, as I've been unraveling it, I've worked a lot of my life through trauma and how that manifests in the body. Because a lot of people, even the physical traumas, but then we have our emotional traumas. And how does that show up in my posture? How does that show up in my pelvis? How mm, I'll say my pelvis is actually a very resourced place for me. So, (laughs) so uh, so it doesn't. The the trauma that shows up in my pelvis was a childbirth trauma. Like having my son was the the physical trauma. But I'm very resourced there. It's more my heart. You know, it's like this heart area and opening that up and trusting that I can let someone in and that they could actually take care of me and won't betray me. And that shows up in the physical manifestation of a little bit of collapse through my chest or a little less breath that goes into this area. Hmm. I tend to live in my, can I say pussy on this? Well, I just said it. We can say pussy all you want. (laughs) I tend to live more in my... Ratings go up every time you say pussy, actually. (laughs) So you keep doing that. It's the number one searched word on the internet, (laughs) actually. Is that true? um, It is. Oh, wow. One of the number one words when it comes to sex. There was a great uh, research study that was done where they looked at all the words that were searched and there's a wall in New York City at the Sex Museum and it's like the number one word, it's like pussy and then it goes all the way through the top 100 words that are searched. So what are people searching for mm-hmm. in regards to sex? It's a fascinating study. It's yeah. called A Billion Wicked Thoughts. Yeah, I think it's the same thing with uh, places that they're, they're, they're like sexually deprived or they feel like, especially like racial cultures where it's like there's a lot of racism in the South, I believe, mm-hmm. please, please fact check me, you probably are familiar with this, but like the number one type of porn that they're looking for is, is multiracial, mm-hmm. you know, so it's the same thing, we kind of talked about this in the last, the last conversation, it's like the same things that we're kind of putting, shuffling underneath the bed, that's the stuff that ends up, no, no pun intended with the bed, but that's the stuff that ends up <laughs> potentially, potentially turning you know, maybe festering and turning into something like a deep, dark, 
You know, we just mm-hmm. need to let this stuff breathe. And then culturally, I feel like that's where you, we're pretty good at stuffing things in the closet, mm-hmm. you know, not thinking about it. You know, I think it's, it's cool with this where it's like the normalization of sexuality. Mm-hmm. I talk about it like it's coffee. I mean, yeah, it's, it's right. becomes a second nature after two decades of doing this over two decades now Yeah, that, uh, one of, I would say my big mission is a lot about this idea that sex is bad, wrong and shameful, which then creates neuroses. Yeah. Instead, sex being something that is accepted in the culture and celebrated in the culture and cultivated as something valuable and important in our lives. And what comes out of that to me is a world where women can be radiantly, like sexually alive. And I mean, imagine that we have women walking down the street, just radiantly sexually alive and expressing their freedom around their sexuality. And they feel safe to express it because we don't have that dark, edge in the shadow because we've been repressing it right and then we have men walking in the world in their power and not shamed for wanting to have sex or not shamed for desiring or not shamed for that i love men i have a i have a just a i sometimes when i talk about it i cry because i love men so much i just am over the moon for men because i've worked with them my practice actually started with just men. So mm. 99% of the people that I worked with was men. And I gained such a compassion for men and an understanding for men in those years, the first 10 years of my work, where I just fell deeply, deeply in love. And I could easily hate men because of my history, yeah. but I don't, I don't have that fear of men or that men are these bad beings. And I think right now in our culture, owning that I love men is so helpful because men are kind of getting a bad rap right now. Yeah. I, I mentioned before, I don't know if I released the episode, but I've been doing Kundalini yoga mm-hmm. in the last like month or so. And, uh, an experience that I had with it, everyone's expecting like some big breakthrough with Kundalini, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like has that kind of buzz around it. And, um, I noticed consistently at the end of class, I would, I would cry a little bit. Mm-hmm. And what I would cry about for me was kind of this, this like, this feeling of, of, um, uh, love, I guess, like love for myself, you know? And I feel like that's something that, again, we don't really have a lot of that in our culture so much, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about how strong are you, how fast are you, how much money do you have, you know, and it's all about work, 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 work. We praise all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and very rarely that's the, I was, I was looking down on my, my knees and I have like these scars as in this like bike accident in Cambodia and my knees all like torn up. And I was just looking at the healing that happened mm. from that. And I was just like, it's oh my God. <laughs> was there anything, you know, like, what do you see that you have compassion for with men or what's, has that shifted? Men really want to, like they desire and they really want to love and please us. Yeah. And, and I just want to speak that there's lots of genders out there. It's not just so black and white with men and women, but what I have seen is their hearts are actually fairly fragile in that they, you know, they don't want to fail. They want to do what is good and right, but they've been misguided in our culture with just the way things have unfolded and evolved. And so my big compassion comes from one, what is it like to have your genitals on the outside of your body? What is it like to be filled with testosterone? What is it like? I actually did an experiment because I have I have all this curiosity about gender and I got a world famous drag king. It's a crazy story. I was in San Francisco and I needed to ride back to LA and I just did like a ride share thing and I ended up riding back from San Francisco to LA with the world famous drag king. Like one of the top drag kings and I was like, "All right, I want to do this. Like I want to as a day just be a man. What would it be like to be a man?" And so she dressed me up and I had like a soft, it's called a soft pack and it's where you wear like external genitals. I use one of those actually. (laughs) A soft pack? (laughs) Only when I'm at the beach. (laughs) Only when you're at the beach. Okay. Okay, good. I wouldn't just put that straight. So so I'm wearing the soft pack and it was just such an interesting experience to be like, 
my genitals are on the outside. Like, how does that have me move in the world? How is that different? And that was one of my big compassion moments was like, oh, wow. Just that awareness. I wanted to rub it on everything, even though like I'm not like there was like an energetic attachment to it, even though I'm not like it wasn't physically part of my body where I was just like, oh, my gosh, like you want to do things. Yo, <laughs> wind, you want to do things with it. Yeah. You know, and so anyway, that was one of my big compassion moments was just what is it like to have your genitals on the outside of your body? And I even started changing my posture where I'm like spreading my legs. I'm remembering what it was like to to have that and embody that and actually change my body and my posture and all of the physical manifestation to really feel into what is it like to be a man? Yeah. Well, there was a, I was reading a thing about, it was actually with a woman I had on, on here called Anna Dea Judith, Judith mm-hmm. and Wheels of Life. You're familiar with that? I, I studied that book immensely. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's yeah. a good book. Yeah, I did a lot of highlighting that book. And uh, one of the things that she, she has like a little diagram in there. And what, what it is is, is uh, the male chakra system or like lower base chakras, like first, second chakra in general and such. We kind of tend to lead a little bit more with that, and then there's a picture of a woman that's kind of coming more from the heart, mm-hmm. and men kind of accidentally finding their heart through leading through with sex. their leading with their dick. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned that you kind of lead resource really from, from your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there ever has there have you noticed that ever being like a conflict of sorts like between the heart and the sex, or between men well, and you're I? A, you're a woman with kind of that you've resourced from that place that mm-hmm. you know at least in the wheels of life oftentimes men do <laughs> yeah I haven't my philosophy in a lot of this is I have this blueprinting system which you've heard me talk about yeah, I think yeah. I talked about in the last one but yeah. is really it comes to that down to that and I think that because I'm a sexual I'm a very strong sexual blueprint sexuals lead more from that area like they're more developed in that area mm. Um, than say somebody who's super heart centered. I have a lot of energetic, but it's more, my energetic actually comes from there too. Um, but like an, an, a heart centered sensual, who's going to be more into the sensuality and the connection and, and all of that. Yeah. Whereas, and, and I've discovered throughout my life, I've tried this where I'm like, can I have sex without a connection? Like, is that something that's possible for me? And I found out in my life, and a lot of people assume like, oh, Jai has had like probably tons of sexual partners. I actually, I've had lots of energetic sexual exchanges. But as far as sexual partners, I haven't had that many. And it's because I found out that I really, before I'm having a physical sexual exchange with someone, I need to have an energetic heart connection before I can go there. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that stuck with me one time. Somebody said that don't have sex with somebody unless you're okay with, in a way, kind of becoming that person or becoming a part of that person mm-hmm. or taking a little bit of that. And that's something you don't really get the memo in like high school or college. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and now as, as uh, you know, a, you know, whatever adult or, you know, older version of, of myself, I uh, am really, really specific with who I share that type of, of space energy. with, mm-hmm. you know, it's just becoming more sensitive to the same thing, like sharing energy with like being in the same room as a person, mm-hmm. you know, so closing down around people that I'm like, Oh, like, I don't really want to let sh- you in quite so much, mm-hmm. you know, is that, have you noticed that? Evolve yeah. At all? I, I like to think of, this was a big conversation that came up. I have a, a membership club where a lot of people are having these really open conversations about sex. And yeah. one of the conversations that came up in the club was, how can I be sexually radiant in the world, like freely expressed and still feel safe? Because not everybody has an energy that I want to allow in or an oh. energy that I want to attract. So how do I walk? And my friend, her name's Tracy Lynn, she gave this great analogy of a pilot light. And you're, you want your sexual pilot light always lit. But sometimes you're a lighthouse, right? Like right now I can be a lighthouse. It's just you and me. I mean, I guess it's all your listeners too, but I can be a lighthouse. I can really spread my sexual energy. It's just the girthy microphone. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just, right now it's just the girthy <laughs> microphone. Yeah. So I can let my lighthouse like beam. I can let my sexual energy out. But let's say I go out and I'm walking in downtown Los Angeles. 
I might not want to be a lighthouse sexually in downtown Los Angeles. I might just want to keep my pilot lit light on and I would maybe wear a sweatshirt. I'm actually very shy in my eroticism. A lot of people find that very hard to believe. Mm. But hiding has been a really great resource for me. Like I can put on like a cape or like a, I wear this thing called a Ruana a lot. And I put that on and I can just turn it down so that my flame is still on, but I'm not beaming it. And yeah. I think that, that that has been an amazing practice for me is just when do I make my energy really big because I feel safe and I like the people that I'm around and I can really open. And then when, and it's that discernment that then makes it really powerful because I know when I'm safe and when it's like, no, this isn't the appropriate time for me to really open up to that energy. Yeah, I see that with dance. You know, mm -hmm. so so the the in my experience, the best dancers that I see, so I go to a lot of like contact improv and ecstatic dance or just various different dance related things and uh, pretty much anybody's moving in a weird wacky way like I'm I'm pretty down to get involved and one of the things I noticed with that is usually the the most expressive biggest dancers are the ones that are familiar with how to go back into that pilot light and then open and then mm. pull back into the pilot light and then, uh -huh. you know versus the person that's kind of like doing a little jig thing for like right. three hours. <laughs> this leads to great sex. So <laughs> the dancing can lead to great sex. I can yeah. say I have had some contact improv experiences that have led to, my child was actually born out of a contact improv experience. I blame oh. that experience on my partner Ian and I meeting because nice. it was quite amazing. Okay. So, um, but this idea of opening and closing and opening and closing, I do the opposite with my body as I'm saying, it's <laughs> closing and opening, um, that during sex, there are waves. And if you're just kind of in one rhythm, it's not as powerful as if you go into what we call levels of excitement and enjoyment. So excitement is like, we're building, we're building, maybe something's going very quickly. And then enjoyment is where we're in kind of like bathing in the energy or maybe it's like stillness in the sex. Mm. And then we build back up. And so you're riding what I call a pleasure wave. Mm. And so these pleasure waves, it's like surfing where you use moments of stillness and then you build it back up. And it's just exquisite when you have that variation. And if we used it like it was music, we have the dynamics and the music. We have the variation of loud and soft. We have pianissimo and then we have forte. We're playing all the keys on the piano as opposed to just going ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So that being in the full expression of your sexuality, something that I feel people, if you have an awareness, then you can cultivate that. That would be the foundation of everything is, is your awareness and presence. Yeah, yeah, there's like a, you know, being quiet enough to hear the whispers or God is in the silence or, you know, mm -hmm. any stuff like that, where it's, it's like, if you're able to, to become quiet enough in yourself, then you can start to attune with another person, you know, and you can move and kind of, you know, you don't even necessarily need to need music. You can move with their biology or move with, you know, whatever the heck it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, but you can connect in and feel moved by them and kind of exchanging that. But most of us are filled with so much chatter you know, and it's like, am I doing it right? right Is totally. my body okay? Yeah. All the past experience, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. All that kind right. of, all those voices. Yeah. How do people reduce the chatter? So that's the shadow side. A lot of the blueprints have shadow sides. The shadow side of a shapeshifter or a um, sensual usually has a lot of that mental chatter that goes on. And so the, the chatter to me is one, I want to go back into my past and look at, am I operating from a faulty belief system that I've created in the past? We both have floggers can in I, our lap. Can I rub your flogger as you're talking? <laughs> yes, you can rub my floggers while Where we're talking about this. Where is this flogger bit exactly? <laughs> I'll just accept it. Yeah, just accept where it's been. Um, and so we both have floggers strapped over our shoulders. Yeah. I'm going to find a different tool. I, I want something else. Um, 
I want silk. I'm getting silk. Mm. Oh no, crystal yoni egg. It's a little, Here we go. Wow. I'm gonna have uh, what is what is uh, the the uh, yoni whisper the girl the the coconut coconut lifter surfboard surfboard. Oh yeah, Naomi. Girl. Naomi. Yeah. She's gonna be on here as well. Awesome. I, I think soon. I gotta recontact. This one's one of my favorites. It's a whispered crystal yoni egg. Wow. Okay, so what were we talking about before we got distracted by toys? I am curious about the yoni egg as well. That's kind of yeah. an interesting thing. I know what we were talking about, but now we're on the yoni egg. <laughs> so um, I've been doing a lot of super pussy training with clients and myself. So when I was 19, I had a goal that I wanted to have the best, like superest, most amazing, like pelvic floor muscles ever. Mm. And so I got really obsessed. My first story of ever having a crystal, I had a rose, this is a rose quartz too. I had a rose quartz egg and I didn't know how to use it. So I just put it in and thought, well, you just wear it all day long. And then I went to yoga class and the yoga class was a squat intensive yoga class. Well, my yoni egg fell out um, (laughs) during the class. So experiments of a sexologist. These are the things that that we do. what, what, say again? What town, what city was that? That was in, here in California. That was in San Bernardino. I was up in the mountains at a monk, at a, like a Zen center. Okay. There's only certain <laughs> places, like geographically, that like your yoni egg falls out during yoga. It's like, yeah. no big deal. No big no deal. <laughs> it was in a tantra Moving training. Right <laughs> it was in my tantra teacher training was when it happened. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the training my muscles was a really important part of my journey. Uh-huh. I wanted to be able to have a man be still inside of me and then I could ripple my vaginal muscles on his penis. Like that was my big goal was to be able to have sex where the person didn't move at all. Mm. And mm. I could just do it all with my muscles. So I learned how to isolate all these different muscles. So there's three main areas that I worked with, which was the mula bunda, which is mula is root lock, and that's high in the vagina near the cervix. Then there's the aswini mudra, which is more the anal sphincter muscle. And then there's the vajroli mudra, which is closer, more like the base of the clitoris. So there are different muscles. I don't know how familiar people are with anatomical terms, but I get into all the muscles, oh, the, the bulbocavernosis and nice. the, the whole pelvic triangle and the levator ani, like all those muscles. I just get really into, okay, which ones do we need to contract for different motions in the pelvic floor? Yeah. So I got all obsessed with the different layers. So you have a superficial layer and then a medium layer, which is where your erectile tissue is, and then you have a deeper layer. And so getting all of those layers of muscles just really toned and strengthened and flexible, because you want all of it. You want flexibility as well, not just tone and strength, because then then things are kind of out of balance. I'm sure you understand that. So I did a lot of, I mean, I just was obsessed with this for years. Like, how do I how do I get my muscles to this point? And I did. I could do things like squeeze stuff and it was just awesome. So <laughs> how does that, so, cause I think there is a possibility to potentially overlay dysfunction on, mm-hmm. you know, add like a supercharged engine inside your pussy and then not have that actually attached to anything functional. Mm-hmm. Did you have, or do you have, I know you do now, but did you mm-hmm. have any kind of awareness of like how that relates to the rest of the, the whole system and organization the feet and all the things then i probably didn't i was you know i was 19 so i was just like all right this is my goal and i'm kind (laughs) of one of those extreme people that i like to experiment a lot of myself so if i have a goal i will do whatever it takes like i get super committed to something and then i'm just like all right and then i'll work that one area of the body and then i wasn't paying attention so i get you know like probably where my rotator cuff injuries come from or other upper body injuries because I wasn't paying attention to the rest of my body. It was pretty much focused on my pelvic floor. What have you, what have you found from a movement perspective or anything for that matter, Mm -hmm. um, to integrate your yoni parts to the rest of the system beyond myopically squeezing eggs? The, the biggest thing for me at that time in my life was movement of energy. So, and I still do a lot of movement of energy, but part of I look at everything from these four layers, biochemical, physical, emotional, and energetic. So energy-wise, I was pooling sexual energy throughout my whole body. So moving the sexual energy through the body, transmuting it, bringing it up through my body into my brain. I started doing a lot of cranial sacral work. Um, That was part of my integration of the whole spine and 
also movement. You know, I did a lot of belly dancing, so I had a lot of pelvic movement, but getting all the upper body movement going and all that flow in my upper body and neck was also really important on my journey. Yeah. I was talking with um, Tom Myers. You're familiar with Tom Myers, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, you love Tom. So Tom's like the anatomy trains guy, talks about fascia and connective, you know, all the the layers connecting Uh and such. And what we were talking about in a previous episode, we were talking about um, like having essentially shadows in your body where it's just places a lot of people for a lot of people it's their their anus or their genitals Mm -hmm. for a lot of people it's their thoracic spine like behind their heart um you know that's like that's majority of modernity is Mm -hmm. is like those parts are like what right you know is that something that you are familiar with obviously yeah because i see so many people on my table so i'm a somatic sexologist which means i work with bodies so i see a lot of bodies i probably worked with 3500 bodies in the genital pelvic area and I do cranial work and all kinds of other stuff too. But what I mostly focus on is, okay, the anus really, I mean, that's a place we have equality there. I will say all people have an anus (laughs) or we have equality. Thank you. Finally, somebody says it. It's a place, you know, we have a lot of dirtiness, shame. We just hold a lot. It was one of my places where I held a lot of shame in my body and had to do a lot of work around. I was really activated in my, you know, genitals, but that area of my body was kind of off limits. And so I've had a lot of anal body work, anal massage, like just stuff like that to help me in that area. One really shame also just chronic bowel stuff. It was all mm. just kind of tied into a lot of the holding there. And a lot of it had to do with my childhood trauma right. of, you know, kind of, kind of, you get stuck in a holding pattern and in a holding pattern that I've done a lot of somatic work around releasing a lot of that holding that happened from when I was a child yeah. very early on. Yeah. What's, what's some of the things for people at home that maybe they could start with? Cause I'm pretty sure, you know, 97% of people listening probably have some type of constriction around their anus. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, yep. just a guess. We're calling it. <laughs> We're going there. <laughs> As I'm saying, I'm contracting my anus. What, is there any, Here, like, at home? Put an egg up there. Yeah, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> is there, so you have, you have, is, do you get into that with, like, the online course stuff that you do? I talk about it a little bit. Mostly what we do with, we, we, I have a number of different online courses. We have the eight-week blueprint mapping, and that's where I really work with the shadow sides cool. of the blueprint. So we go into where did it come from? That was the question you had asked me earlier. So yeah. where did this come from? Did it come from your parents? Did it come from diaper changes? Is it you know like I'm looking at where yeah. did this thing come from? So I do a lot of regression work to take people back into finding out how their body responds to the memory as well as what what is the memory because understanding is power once we understand oh i was a child i created these meanings and these belief systems and i'm now an adult and i can unravel those things i can also work to get them out of my body because the body has so much memory and so much intelligence and it remembers all of that and can hold it in your nervous system so we want to clear it on multiple levels so that's what we go into more in that course. And then I have another course, which does have anal massage and, and more advanced because I would, co- I would consider anal massage more advanced and I have some videos on it as well. So mm. I have a video called exquisite anal massage. Mm. So to show you where to start, I'm going to actually show you, no, Are I'm not going to show anus? you my anus, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not ready for that yet. All right. We have to pace ourselves. Give it, give it some time. So what I, how I started was I would lay on my side and I would put my hand right on my anus. Mm. And so if you guys could see me right now, I'm kind of laying, I kind of call it goddess pose where I can put one knee over the other leg and yeah, I would probably relax a little bit more on some pillows and just hold here and put my finger on my middle finger on my anus and I would just breathe and I would try to get my breath all the way down into my pelvic floor and bring awareness Mm -hmm. Okay, does my breath hitch? Do I have restriction there? Just doing some anal breathing and anal breath work of just letting it go all the way down. And then imagining that I'm actually breathing in and out of my anus as opposed to breathing in and out of my mouth. And how does that affect my consciousness there and what's going on? Can I let go just like 25% more? Can I let go 50% more? Can I let go just a little bit more and just keep titrating that letting go and that awareness in that part of my body? Cool. So just talking about that starts to 
open up my whole pelvic floor. Your anus is opening? My, my anus just dropped. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So what, so with that, like how does, cause I think again, we're kind of like entering into uncharted territory, mm-hmm. you know, like how many dudes out there, like in goddess position, rubbing their anus, <laughs> right. you know? <laughs> Like what is what? <laughs> what's maybe more than we think? Um, that's the whole point of the podcast, you know. But so, like, what's the what value can one derive from that beyond mm-hmm. like you know like creatine, bicep curls, sick pythons, you know, like right. goddess pose, finger and ass. <laughs> it's okay. just on it's the just, external anal sphincter. Okay. So know that the, your external anal sphincter is second only to the clitoris and the amount of nerve endings. So it is wired for pleasure. So there's pleasure there. It's the part of the nervous system. So we have an external anal sphincter and an internal anal sphincter. It's the part of the nervous system where the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system come together. I'm talking very quickly. So hopefully your listeners are understanding. You can look Google parasympathetic, sympathetic, all of that. Okay, good. You guys talk about it. So when those two areas of the body come together, it, it, it's an area of the body where you can get into the subconscious mind. Right. It's an area of the body where we're accessing two parts of the nervous system at the same time. So where we have sphincter muscles, because some of them are involuntary and some of them are voluntary. So the eyes have that happen as well. Um, I kind of argue about the involuntary aspect of the second anal sphincter because once you get super, super conscious, you can start playing with some of these things that they say are involuntary. I've experienced some of that play. Um, but, but really playing in this area, one of my mentors, Joseph Kramer has said, if I could just massage one area of the body to produce the most relaxation and the most letting go and unwinding, I would massage the anus for five minutes Cool. because it just, I have people just start drooling. Like they just, they lay on the table and they drool. My mouth starts watering when I talk about drooling because mm. my, my brain and my body are so connected that I can just think about something and it starts happening in my body. Mm. So, so just them laying on the table and they just deeply let go. People just fall asleep. They relax. They drool within five to 10 minutes. I think there's a lot to do with that is the, the, the kind of like foreign state change that happens with it. You know, mm-hmm. like we, with everything, when you're familiar with something, you already have, you know, you can pull up that file of saying like, oh, right, I'm totally have that. So you pull up all your filters and you're like, ah, oh, this is the experience. Someone's rubbing my occiput, you know, or someone's <laughs> rubbing my arm or something, you know, whatever it is. But all of a sudden you go to a place like that and you're just like, right. you know, like <laughs> wait, someone's rubbing my anus, my anus, you know? And so it's like, it's, again, that's a thing that you could use from like a psychological perspective, even like a dance thing. Again, you know, we have these patterns that we dance through, but to force someone to say, all right, just your shoulder. All right. Just your mm-hmm. hip. All right. Now just slow down. Just push into me. It, it shakes that up. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think there's anything to that as far as like Absolutely. contacting parts like that? Absolutely. Uh, for me, even just, you said just the slowing down, that's really important. I'll have people just slow. Okay. Their body might do a motion. Like for example, someone who's really turned on by anal touch, their body, their back might tilt so that their pelvis comes up and their ass comes up in the air like a cat. And I'll go, okay, slow that motion down so we can really feel everything that's happening in there. Or somebody who tenses and they go the opposite direction and they go away, okay, slow that down and tell me what comes up because then they might have a memory. There's a body memory in mm. that slowing down. Isolating a part of the body and just moving it. I find in limitation, we can play to the edge more than if we have like everything, okay, I oh. truly believe everything is possible. Everything is possible. But when creatively, when I give myself a limitation in dance or in creating a theater piece or something like that, I give myself a limitation, I can actually get more creative and play to the edges. And when I was in school, it was something we would do. I also went to school for dance and theater. We would do would be, okay, you can work with the color red. You can only move these parts of your body. You have this vocabulary. Go, create something. And we did a lot of anal breathing in, in acting class as well, surprisingly. We would do breath work, because I, I also studied as an opera singer. It taught me a lot about sex. I can do all kinds of fun things with my mouth. Mm. Oral sex. I wrote in my chapter in my oral sex book about uh, all the things opera taught me that allow me to give great oral sex. Mm. So, so just having your breath go all the way down and through your body and getting that breath awareness, if you can hold that same awareness during sex, or and this is something I do want to touch on because I just posted it up on my Facebook page about there's all these people who are single who think that they don't have a sex life or because they don't have a partner that they're with. 
and I re or people who are in relationship and their partner is not having sex with them. Like I'm in like a sexless situation. One in seven in the United States is long-term relationships is sexless, which is crazy to me that we have that many relationships that aren't having sex. That's like they just become codependent buddies, essentially mm -hmm. roommates, yeah. friends. Right. Um, but usually one of them is very suffering because they do want that connection and they do want sexuality in their relationship. Right. So it's something that saddens me, which is why I do what I do, because it doesn't have to be that way. And a myth that I want to break is that just because you're not having sex with somebody doesn't mean you don't have a sex life. I mean, all this, like just having a relationship with your own anus or your own genitals. I mean, just putting right now, like putting your hands, I'm inviting everyone, put your hands on your genitals. My pants okay. are too tight. This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just having that relationship with like what's going on there and that you can have a relationship with your sexuality, regardless if there's an other in your life. And, and it's interesting the flack I've been getting about it. Like they're like, you, that's like a gourmet chef telling people to go eat peanut butter and jelly. I'm like, no, mm -mm. I am a gourmet meal all myself. And yeah. I'm also the gourmet chef and I can play this beautiful instrument all day long if I want to and have an exquisite, ecstatic, enlightened experiences through my own body. So I just want to bust that for people out there who are right now going, oh, but I'm single and it's Valentine's Day and I shouldn't, you know, right. like all the little things that come up around, I don't really need to, to explore that. And I would say if you're single, it's the best time to explore it because then when you get a partner, you're already like, I mean, people come to me and they're like, you, I don't need to do anything. I just like ding and you're like having orgasms. It's so awesome to play the instrument because that's what I've done is I've cultivated an ability to easily orgasm, to have many different kinds of orgasms. And I don't say this to make anybody feel wrong or broken. That's the other thing that can come up for people is like, oh, well, Jai is this way and I'm broken and I'm wrong and I'm not enough because I'm not having 50,000 different kinds of orgasms. No, you could have one orgasm. If you're happy with that, fantastic. But there's also a smorgasbord of about a hundred different kinds and all kinds of orgasms that you could have. So yeah. there's lots of possibility and don't feel bad and wrong or broken because you're not having that right now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Salvador, I think it's Salvador Dali. He called himself uh, an amazing masturbator. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I will put myself in that category. Yeah. I'm quite cool. I, I can do it without even touching myself. <laughs> I can be feeling the sun on my skin and have an orgasm just from that experience of the sun on my skin. So when we were working the other day and I was working with your sacrum and, in, in mm -hmm. um, you know, in a, in a body work type of way. And can you talk a little bit about like that experience as you kind of went into whatever, however mm -hmm. you would explain that? I have to warn body workers when they work with my body. Cause I can go into spontaneous kind of like Kundalini, um, movement through my body and orgasmic waves moving through my body. My spine is a very open channel and sometimes they'll touch just like around my hips somewhere and I'll start to shake or jerk or twitch. Uh, some people call them kriyas in yoga. There's like orgasmic waves. There's just this like twitching tantric twitchies. There's a really funny video of a guy having tantric twitchies mm. uh, on YouTube, but basically what's happening for me is my body starts to move into orgasm and I just start to have it move through my spine. It's the most pleasurable experience that I can have. And I start to like, like go way out of my body. Even I can go way out with it because my breath starts changing and I get into kind of altered states of consciousness with it. Mm. It's very easy for me to access in that I've cultivated it over two decades, cool. but essentially you were working with my sacrum and I could start feeling it coming on and I hold it back a lot of times just because I would probably be walking around twitching <laughs> 24 hours a day. But, uh, I was just like, I, you kept giving me permission. It's okay. It's okay. I'm like, all right. So then I just started letting the energy move through my body and, uh, it just starts flowing through my spine and then my spine starts kind of waving and moving and, I can, I just go into a total ecstatic state. Do you think that that is for everyone, you know, is, and can anyone access that? And I, my students, they, I have students who just see me do it from stage and they start accessing it. It's mm. all the energetics, all the energetics in my blueprint typing system. Nice. They start accessing it pretty instantly just from seeing the possibility. And then they start feeling it in their own bodies. It's contagious. So my partner, Ian's not even an energetic and he has them now just because it's kind of contagious. Mm. You start, the other person starts getting it it's as like well. Yawning. 
And then I have clients who are not energetic who start accessing it just as they're working. There's actually techniques that I can teach to kind of bring it on and start having that happen in their bodies. There's different things that you can do. One to open up the spine, but also um, breath and contractions in the body can sometimes bring it on. Like if you contract your belly button towards your spine and different breath techniques, there's different things that you can do to start increasing that orgasmic wave in the body and going into those ecstatic states. Not that you have to, again, like this is like, I'm talking like way kind of out. You can just have a clitoral orgasm or a you know, ejaculatory orgasm. <laughs> orgasm. Like I like them all. I like, like I can have a clitoral orgasm in about 20 seconds just because, and I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I've developed my clitoris, you know, like that, that's the stuff that I'm talking about that I've cultivated on my own that because I, I just have access to, if I want to have the orgasm quickly, I can. If I want to prolong it, I can. I have enough body awareness to go, okay, slow that down. Let's move into some enjoyment and just kind of enjoy and be still. Sometimes the stillness is what brings on the orgasm. So it's, it's, it is like playing an instrument. You really want to cultivate and learn how to play your own instrument. And then you can play with someone else, as my friend Sherry Winston says. Sherry, she's been on here. Yeah. What, um, awesome. what challenges you these days? Oh, what challenges me? You're doing all these apologies of like, I don't want to sound like I'm so, but I'm sure there's a whole, you know, I have like a laundry list. People are like, Aaron, your body must be, I'm like, I could just go down the tick list of all the things that I'm working on. Yeah. I mean, I'm having a kind of crazy off the hook experience excitedly. So I'm kind of in a high. Oh, good. High, don't let me bring you down. I'm in a really <laughs> high place right now. Like my libido is really hot. My orgasmic ability is really hot right now. I feel really good physically. Um, I'd say where I'm struggling right now is actually in the, if I'm going to use my four categories in the emotional category, because about five or six months ago, I started having memories of trauma Mm. resurfacing. Like I hadn't had anything in like 10 years, like no issues, no, nothing really coming up. And then I started, I had someone come into my life who just started triggering a lot of stuff. And I'm like, okay, I got to look at this. I got to look at like, where does this, and it's coming up in business, which is really interesting because mm. I've done a lot of relationship work, but in business and being a leader, as I become more and more successful, I've got this other layer of stuff coming up as I'm stepping into more leadership and right. having hundreds of people. We had 500 people join our program last time that I'm leading. There's definitely stuff coming up, you know, around perfectionism or, stuff around I can get kind of tyrannical in my leadership like entitlement or abandonment you know like why do I abandon something or why do I feel entitled instead of really receiving and receiving is very hard for me so I would say that's probably the edge I'm kind of talking around it but the the big edge is really deeply receiving because if I deeply receive that's incredibly vulnerable because then that means that that person might let me down, break my heart, disappoint me in some way that is, is so vulnerable because I let them in, you Mm. know? So there's that, that edge. It's easier for me to be a giver. It's easier for me to like be the one who's in control, Safer. but for me to really surrender and be incredibly vulnerable, that's been my edge. And my biggest turn on in sex is vulnerability. Like the more, if I cry during sex, oh my God, like I will get so wet because the more vulnerable and the more I can like open up here, the more it just, it just really can be. That's probably the most exquisite is the catharsis state where I just start going into catharsis around like emotionally opening up. There's something really, really amazing and beautiful there. So there's my edge right now is like really receiving and being in gratitude as opposed to being an entitlement where I like expect people to do things. And this is showing up in my business. I'm a little, I'm better at it in the bedroom, but in business, it's like really being grateful for the people who are on my team or really being grateful for the people who are trusting me enough to, and it's such an honor to help them in their sexual, sexual lives instead of operating from a place of, Oh, I pay you. And so therefore you should just do what I tell you to. Like, that's not the kind of leadership that I want to have but it's harder for me because of really receiving and being vulnerable to those people who are here to serve me. Mm. 
what's uh have you are you getting more comfortable with it right now is it is it is it an intellectual thing or is it something like no i'm actually no, actualizing I'm doing this deep, okay. <laughs> massive work i actually went i had a session recently i'm doing all the somatic work on it and oh. i'm one of those people like okay it's it's on like i'm getting rid of this shit i'm changing it like if i notice a pattern in my body it is on i will do whatever it takes to shift if i'm really committed to shifting it yeah. And so I, I've been doing this deep body work where I'm going back into where is the root of this inability to receive or really surrender or soften in my leadership role hmm. and needing to be in control. And I went back recently, it's like two sessions ago, into being a baby in the crib hmm. and going through intense fear because nobody was there like my mom did that whole cry it out thing oh, where they leave you in the crib and you just scream your head off and throw up until you fall asleep kind of thing right and uh i went back into being that baby and my body just like tensing and i was getting all red and i was in like first there was the crying scared and then it went into rage like really intense rage of how can you leave me like alone? You know, just yeah. this really intense, like that baby. I don't know if you've ever seen babies cry where they just get all red and they're like in total rage. Yeah. So that's what my body was going through. And the, the therapist is, you know, she like holds certain part, points of my body. And then, so I'm releasing all of that, but then my body went completely limp and I went into total resignation. And that's a pattern that shows up in my life where first I get, scared then i get angry and then i'll resign to i'm just not going to get my needs met here so i have to do it alone like mm -hmm. i can't rely on anyone else yeah so that pattern and seeing that and then going through it with my body i mean that was so deep yeah and then you can catch the pattern earlier oh there i am doing that thing i'm not that baby anymore i'm not that child anymore i am an adult woman now and i'm making a different choice to let someone in or to re really deeply receive from them yeah yeah i was here I, I don't remember where i heard this exactly but it was something along the lines of, of like all of those experiences in your life up to date and maybe even in the future depending on how you, how you see things but it's it's all it's all you mm -hmm. you know it's not like there's this linear timeline it's like okay the time that i drowned when i was whatever the time that i fill in blank when i was whatever that's over now now mm -hmm. buck up like come right. on come on bud you know it's like no, no no that whole thing that like we have like we have the microphone in a book right now mm -hmm. you know because you're on page you know 69 you know it doesn't mean that you doesn't mean that that page 68 through one in the cover is just gone yeah you know, and I, I think that it's, we can maybe kind of like bypass some of those pages and just kind of pretend it's not there. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, we're stuffing shit into the yep. closet and then it festers. Yep. And then the you nervous know. system too behaves in a way of every time that comes up that triggers that we're unconscious to the nervous system behaving in a certain way. So we're seeing life through this filter yeah. instead of seeing it through, um, the reality and the truth. And that's been something that I'm really like, okay, well, what's true here? What, what is it that without my filter, can I really see, can I put on a different filter? Can I put on different glasses and really see? But the truth of it is, is this what my nervous system is and owning that is so powerful. Like, look, mm. this is who I am. Yeah. This is, this is the person that I am. I have this thing and here's how you can help me with this thing that I have in my life. And that's being responsible. Like I'm being responsible to other people in my life. I'm being responsible to myself. And then I can also ask for my needs to be met, get them met and rewire this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then it gets really trippy because I've also had some sessions where there's stuff that's like this, like, I don't even know what this is. This is like from some other world or lifetime mm. <laughs> that's coming out. Right. I think I've had many lifetimes where I, I don't even know if I believe in past lives, but I think I've had many lifetimes where I've done work around sexuality and been persecuted for it. That definitely like seems to be another thing that shows up in my body. Have you been persecuted in this lifetime? I will say, yes, there has definitely been some very interesting things that have happened this lifetime. I've dealt with a stalker. You know, there's, of course, the internet. You always get the, the slut shaming. Like, <laughs> you're a slut. You're a whore. You're a this. You're yeah, a that. that. What's you know, the point of that? Just, I think people are bored and they want attention. Right. But I try to ignore it at best. I love Brene Brown's work, you know, mm -hmm. her, her daring greatly. I love that quote. Right. It's something I think of often of like, look, they're not even in the arena. 
So right. I'm not going to listen to those critics. Yeah. And it also hurts me on a very, like if I catch some of them that I catch, the religious ones don't bother me so much. You know, when they're like, that doesn't bother me. I grew up in a very religious household, but for some reason that just is not a trigger for me. I have empathy for it. You know, because I see a person like, wow, like you have a helmet over your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that must suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have my own helmet. You yeah. know, mine just may or may not have more surface area than their helmet. Different filters. <laughs> yeah. It's all different. So those filters that we're seeing life through. <laughs> and so, but it's the ones that are um, attacking sexuality that can, my sexuality that can hurt me. And I, or that I will say that I allow to hurt me mm. in a self-responsible language is that they can sometimes get under my skin where, uh, or if it's somebody who feels like they've been disturbed or something like, like those kinds of things, it will bring up my perfectionist, I gotta be a good girl kind of mentality and, yeah. and that can hurt. I've yeah. cried over some of the comments for sure. Right. <laughs> I love that we got, we got to wrap up because I mean, we don't really need to wrap up, but it's just the way after an hour or so we tend to wrap up, which always is always like, it's after like 30 odd minutes that usually conversation is like the most fantastic. They're like, all right, <laughs> we'll have you make some. Um, but I just, just want to point out, I love that you, uh, language corrected yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that our language really does, you know, speaking of like the surface area of the helmet that you live in, your language is, you know, one of those helmets. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's something that I see a lot with myself and other people is, is, um, just that, just exactly what you just said. Like they hurt me, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to, I you know, allowed. what was your responsibility in that situation? Mm-hmm. You know, is that something that, where, where did you pick that up? Is that something that you're actively working on? So I, obviously it is. I used to confuse self-responsibility with self-blame. So I used to do, I, I've always considered myself a very self-responsible person, but it's recently, and there's a woman who came into my life, her name is Kristen Sweeney Morelli, who, she really helped me understand the difference between self-blame and self-responsibility. And that has been really a huge world because self-responsibility feels good. Self-blame feels bad. Mm. So the difference for me is they did it to me. That would be blaming the others or, oh my God, I did this to myself. How can I let them hurt me this way? Like that then is self-blame versus just a like, oh, I allowed this in. It doesn't have as much energy. It's like, oh, I allowed that to happen. Oh, that comes from this. Now I can see this thing in my past where I would allow that. Why yeah. would I allow that? Okay, now how, what would I do differently? Okay, I'm not going to look at my emails anymore. I'm going to have my assistant do it. Totally. Yeah. She's going to file them away somewhere. Holy crap. <laughs> Having, I just, this is the last thing that I'll say, but I just um, hi, hired, I, don't, I think words like that are weird, but yeah, I just hired an assistant to do my emails and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Not all of them. But little things like that make such a humongous difference because allowing her, again, most people are so wrapped up in keeping their head just above the surface of water. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't actually ever really give yourself that space or that quietness or, you know, whatever, whatever language you want to use to be creative. Mm-hmm. And most of us are trained to actually not listen to our creative voices. Absolutely. You know, so when you have that inspirational idea, whatever it is, you're like, Nah, that's probably stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I would say that too, for me, that's like the heart and the head arguing. Like my heart is just like, I want to dance every day. I want to have sex every day. I want to like be out in nature. Like I want to create. Yeah. That's my heart. I want to do hot, sexy photo shoots. And my heart's like, we don't have time for that. It's we being a kid, you know. essentially. Of course. You know, but that that's, that's we, we, yeah, we like to integrate that. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, no, like the person that's the most jubilant is winning. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, so many people say I want to be happy, but then they're doing all of these other things to be happy and yeah. not really in their bodies. And I find there's so much happiness in my body. Good God, yeah, um, yeah. So you have the thing. The uh, what do you? Can you break down a little bit? What's Valentine's Day? I think it'd be, sure. be a cool thing for people it's, to. It's called the Erotic Blueprint Breakthrough Course. So I have these five different blueprints. We've talked about them a little bit: the energetic, and the sensual, and the sexual, and the kinky, and the shapeshifter. And understanding this, I have found as the foundation of all of my work, because if let's say we're using a flogger, but you're not a kinky, how would I use this flogger energetically? I might use it very, very differently where I might just hold it over your leg Mm. and look at you. Mm. (laughs) But if you're sensual, I'm going to run it on your leg. I'm doing this right now. Everyone who's listening, I'm running this on his leg. My tight pants are becoming tighter. (laughs) 
But if you're kinky, <laughs> I might hit you with it. <laughs> if you're sexual, I would probably put it on your genitals. You know, so like that, those kinds of different energies, just with one tool, just knowing what turns you on is so profound. So people could go take the quiz for free. So they can go to eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash align. Mm. And go to that to take the quiz to find out what is your erotic type because that's the foundation for all of your hot sexiness. And then you, they get a free video series as well cool. that they can actually see me playing with people energetically and sensually. I have all these videos in my bed where uh, we're playing with different these different types so they can actually see how they work. And then we have an eight-week course online, which we're opening up enrollment for. And that starts at the beginning of March. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think it's cool that um, that you're you're normalizing that and you're bringing that to the world and you're actually giving people language around it, giving people skills because it's mm-hmm. one of those things that it's it's not a place it's not a place that many people actually have a resource. So mm-hmm. seems pretty important. It's pretty important. It's pretty important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. It's pretty important to me, and I hope that from this people gain the importance of sexuality. That it's not just this thing that we do; it's actually part of who you are and part of being a human on this planet and that there's so much benefit to uncovering your sexuality. I mean, there's anything from health benefits. There's all kinds of studies about orgasm in your immune system and orgasm in men living longer. I don't know how they did the mortality rate thing, but they've got definitely like you live 50% longer if you're having sex three times a week in a partnership. Mm. So I'm like all the poor people who were the placebo people and the, the yeah, right. control group, they all died. But there's also, you know, using, I learned very early on how to use sexual energy for enlightenment or different states of consciousness and manifestation. So there's so many different things that we can do with our sexuality. And to me, it's, it's incredibly important whether you're having physical sex or not, there's also energetic aspects to it where you never touch somebody and can have an exquisite erotic experience. Mm, cool. Yeah. Sweet. Well, um, yeah. So it's, what was, how do you say again? It's, I'll include all the stuff in the show notes and everything, but mm-hmm. the erotic breakthrough slash align. Erotic breakthrough.com slash align. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Hopefully people can check it out. Check it out. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. My pleasure. That was wonderful. <laughs> and recording stop. Thanks so much. Align podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to that conversation. Thank you, Jaya, for coming on. Uh, Last thing, as we mentioned in the intro, go ahead and check out eroticbreakthrough.com slash align. And on there, you get to take the free quiz, no strings attached, nothing. You just get to learn more about your own sexuality. I find it to be a radical tool. I found out that I am a sexual energetic, which is uh, rings fairly true to me. Uh, I think it would be a worthwhile thing for you, your partner, partners, partners, whatever you're into, uh, to check out to see if we can create a little bit more language around uh, our sexuality. Make this world a more pleasurable place. We can do it, people. Thank you once again so much for tuning into this podcast. If you guys want to show some support, show some love for what we're doing here, um, you can jump on the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. And then from there, a couple things you can do. One of which you could actually donate through Patreon. There's a link on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and podcast page. Uh, You can utilize the Amazon affiliate link. Uh, Anytime you or anybody you know buy some crap on Amazon, please and thank you. Bookmark that link. Every time you do it, we get something like 7% of your purchase and it helps support this show. It is awesome. So great as well something you could do that is ultra helpful if you or anybody that you knows um, has ears and likes books uh, tell them to check out the audibletrial.com slash align that's a-u-d-i-b-l-e trial.com slash align and then from there that is uh, you get a free audio book from audible they have something like I don't know a bajillion different titles to choose from uh, one that I would recommend that I got from them was Shantaram. I, it's a huge book and uh, again all free no matter what size the book you get and that got me through. I listened to that as I was traveling through Morocco and uh, just really really amazing website. Uh, amazing service. Couldn't recommend it more and uh, it kicks us down some scratchola every time you guys utilize that free thing. Costs you absolutely nothing and you get a free audiobook and you support the show. Boom. Um, 
thanks so much for reviews on iTunes. That's greatly appreciated. And thanks just in general for listening. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for, for spreading the word. All right. I can't express enough how much I appreciate all that. If you guys ever have any questions or comments, you feel free to email me directly at Aaron at aligntherapy.com. And I would love to talk. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.